welcome to Foes and Fables, an actual play D&D podcast wherein our current campaign follows the story of four hometown heroes navigating the hidden world of magic. My name is Tanner Azanero. I'm your humble dungeon master, joined by your incredible players. I am Zach Stenzel, playing <laughs> Perlin Cutter the Fourth. Oh no. Oh, I am no. Nathan Augustine, playing Oliver Hoff. I'm Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Not keeping on theme. Playing Mr. Buddy. It's <laughs> Mr. Buddy. <laughs> Find out in this episode. Uh, and I am the Davids playing Roman Jessica Hugh. <laughs> Sorry, Tanner, I was just gaslighting you. <laughs> not, not gaslighting. It's happening. Well, I'm keeping it, so those are our intros. If you're, This is episode 19. If you're in this far and you don't know everybody by their voices yet, that's Thanks okay. Thanks for listening. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. that, that is okay. All right. Just bullying our Mr. listeners. Mr. Buddy, why don't you go ahead and lead us in a recap? Okay. <laughs> Last session, the party found Roman after he had been attacked by Knox and restored his health, thanks to the help of Milton Virgil. After a brief meeting with the rest of the council, it was agreed that Knox needed to be killed, though killing Hiram didn't seem as easy of an assassination to clear. With bow and steel at their side, the party made their way to the Ryman Auditorium and did battle against Knox Hudson and Hiram Ellis. The party successfully killed Knox, but left the Archfaith alive to face trial and punishment from the Council. Hiram revealed that the Vizier card had been taken from Roman while he was unconscious, implying that he was in possession of it. The party reconvened with the Council, who decided that they would take a month-long recess to gather evidence against the Archfaith and decide what to do next. It is at the beginning of this month-long break that we rejoin our party. Our heroes have accomplished a lot, but the ramifications of the insurrection, the death of Knox Hudson and Roman's dreams all leave the party with much to do. This session is going to be quite formless in terms of our play style where I will be handing off the reins of the narrative's focus over to you all in many ways. We will be jumping around a bit in time over the course of this one month break that your, uh, that your characters are about to experience. Today's story will be about what each of you are attempting to accomplish over this period of time before the council returns to session. All of you have sent me various write-ups of things you want your characters to do or focus on. So to start us off, I'm going to set the scene for the day after the insurrection. Within the chapter of Iris, Steele led a vote on whether or not Hiram should be jailed, at least for the time being. While evidence is being gathered in his personal spaces, both in the church and in his home, every member voted in agreement with this. Hiram is, Hiram is being held in a comfortable cell at the beginning of this month. In addition, Steele has informed you all that he intends to remain in Nashville during this time. He has stepped into Knox's role as the sole arch shield of the chapter of Iris, 
and has been quickly enacting harsh and truthfully drastic policies within the first 24 hours. He has fully suspended all enforcers along with their titles, causing nationwide outcry and demands for Steele to be removed from the council. Steele has been unapologetic and very certain in his decisions. He has no support from any police force in the country, but he has gotten rid of the enforcers and their jurisdictionless power. News of Knox's death has also been divisive throughout the country, with many people supporting that it was good for the council and truly self-defense, whereas others are crying out for the entire council to be overthrown for being in support of this. Regardless, Knox's history of violence and abuse of power has gone public. Outside of the insurrection, which some people are calling a hoax, put together by the chapter of Evergreen, and in the same breath also saying the rioters who stormed the council chambers should be freed and regarded as heroes, all the country can talk about is Knox Hudson and Hiram Ellis. Within the first day, most all of the council members have returned to their homes. With that, I'm going to let Roman take us through the beginning of this session as your write-up to me specified some things you wanted to do within the first few days. Well, on that first night after everything, Roman broke into Knox's uh, office at the police department, searched it head to toe for information on his betrayal of Steele, uh, information on him, the info he had on Bo, and anything connecting to him to Hiram. I'll let Tanner tell me if I actually found anything. I will roll for this if need be. Roll investigation with advantage. Cool. Let me open up my character sheet. Ah, and thank God it's investigation. That's a dirty 20. Nothing super concrete. A lot of um, Knox and Hiram's correspondence were probably in person, especially about things that could get Knox in trouble. What you do find, however, are lots of... Various different reports of um, misuse of power from Knox's enforcers, um, kind of reports that were a big deal enough that Knox knew to sweep them under the rug. Um, so those reports are kind of collected in his office. Um, but you can tell that when whatever file folder this is for Knox, when a case goes in there, it dies. Uh, purposefully because uh, he's probably protecting his enforcers and the poor job that they do in a lot of these cases, abusing their power, um, fucking up in a way that their enforcers should not be fucking up with their responsibilities, etc., etc. Um, I definitely gave that to Steel. <laughs> um, I'm going to say when you're doing this, you're kind of interrupted by Steel and, and after kind of ragefully destroying... I was yeah, the other part that Roman does is he destroys everything of Knox's uh, personal after, like, his personal stuff in the office. He destroys it. He splits the desk in half because Roman told Knox, he made the promise, I'm going to destroy everything you had and it's going to mean fucking nothing when I'm done with you. I think you're kind of interrupted by Steel and he just silently kind of puts a hand on your shoulder as you're done and you calm yourself down. What else are you doing in these first few days? Uh, well, outside of the conversation with Aratus, all Roman for the next three days locks himself in a motel. He doesn't let anyone come to see him if any of you try to find me. Uh, and in all that time, all he's doing is uh, 
lots of self-loathing, lots of self-hatred and reflection on just feeling betrayed about Knox. And it's kind of the start of Roman, I think, accepting adulthood and what being an adult actually means as an internal person. And the main thing he's doing in there is realizing that he's never had a personal identity and just reflecting on the title of Arch Shield and how that was just another expectation put on him. And Roman basically internally, whether it's a like an a, allowed or not, he gives up the title of Arch Shield to himself and says, I, from now on, like, I am who I am and fuck anyone who tries to tell me what to do. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Roman does kind of disappear for these first three days um, in relation to you all. Um, <clears throat> if you would like to make an attempt to find him, any one of you, I will allow that. And if you would like to intervene upon his alone time, I will allow you to try that. Um, or uh, does anyone, first off, does anyone try to locate Roman? Yeah. Um, anyone who wants to try to locate Roman, roll me uh, investigation. Roman, why don't you go ahead and give me stealth with advantage? I guess I'll look for him. Roman, what'd you get? Roman's never been subtle. I got a nine. Gotcha. The DC is nine. Who passes the DC? 24. Uh, natural four. I got 30. Jesus! Oliver sees me walk into the hotel. (laughs) Oliver Oliver watches you walk across the street and check (laughs) into a hotel. (laughs) There he goes. Oh, 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 there he is. Um, I think after a few different text messages and no response, I think they don't even deliver on the second day. um, Kurt pulls out the walkie-talkies that we had at the very beginning and just says, um, this is a Kurt to Roman. Um, I don't know if this thing's on and you can hear me, but we got you. Um, whenever you're done, wherever you are, um, come find us over and out. I'm going to say it was hundred percent accidentally on Roman spends some time with himself. Within these first few days of this month, are there any specific actions that anyone wants to take immediately while you're kind of all in Nashville for the moment, uh, especially considering that the entire council is in Nashville for the moment? Uh, yeah, I want to see if anyone will join me in my quest and may know this. I kind of want to just like walk around town to various different locations. If it literally takes me the whole day, that's fine casting locate object trying to find the vizier card um hugh joins you i also have that spell awesome so i i make a point to come with you yeah i i call upon any other arch beings that may have a thing whether we stick together or stay spread apart because it has a decent range so we're just trying to okay what's the range on the spell let me uh pull it up roman will be doing that the other 28 days of the month (laughs) oliver's really good at searching and finding so um, I'm going to say you guys all together kind of do this. Um, uh, a thousand feet from me. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we kind of just like spread a thousand feet apart. Okay. And just kind of try and sweep the city. Yeah, I feel like the the specific language here is important. Um, 
I am doing this with Kurt, but not aside him. I get no, uh, I get I, you. I, I, we're, I feel I think we're kind of. I totally to, feel you're doing to this strategically. Exchange the ra- extend the range of the spell. There are five thousand two hundred eighty feet in one mile. We can each, if there are five of us, cover a mile every time we ca- uh, cast. This spell. I was going to say uh, I just looked it up. Davidson is like fourteen point seven billion <laughs> square feet. Great. Um, here's what I'm going to say for those of you using this spell. Um, how many uses of it do you want to count? Ca- unless like, do you want to like take a day? I want to like, take like a full day with as many people as I can Great. to sweep. Great. The three of you searching then, why don't you all give me investigation with advantage? Okay. Are any other council members joining us? Um, uh, let me see within this first day. I actually don't think okay. so. Uh, 21, dirty 20, 29. <laughs> you guys very thoroughly spend time in the city, spend time in some of the outer areas, trying to locate the vizier card. You exhaust most all of your spell resources for this during this day and you do not locate it i saw that coming yeah um how about everybody rolls me um the three of you roll me insight with advantage because of those high investigation rolls uh oliver got a 19 17 17 your worst fear is that there is no card left to find. It's been used. Yeah. Will someone remind me um, how, the language of so this card? So, Vizier, when you pull the card, whoever just has the card can ask it any one question within oh, a year. Oh, it's that card. And, yeah. and your question is answered. Oh. Um, but if it gets it used, it pack. gets used. It doesn't matter who pulled it. You only get a single use. Mm-hmm. Single use, and it doesn't matter if you pulled it you or not. You can ask it one question. If you have the card, you can ask a question. Okay. So it was either just used as a throwaway to get rid of it, or it was used to get a really important answer. Dude, there's no way they just threw away yeah, it's, that it's card, gotta be with, with what Hiram said at the end with like knowledge and stuff. He's yeah. someone new. Someone sure. who knows something. That is how your first kind of um, day after the insurrection is spent. I'm going to say any brief conversations that anyone wants to have with any of the arch beings uh, just before they leave, please let me know who you'd like to opt in to talk to you. Um, so after spending a day searching for this card and not finding it, um, the thing that Hugh's going to spend a few days doing is helping rebuild. Um, I ask Rowanna if she wants to help me. Um, but what I want to focus on is just spending a few days going around downtown. I mean, I know there was a lot of stuff that was destroyed and trashed in whatever way you can help with that. Um, he does. Um, so I guess like that would be a conversation that he ends up having with Rowanna, um, early on is just asking her to help him. Um, something important to mention that I do within the first few days is I want to go check on Prince. Okay. I'm going to say on this day where you start to help with the destruction, you wake up, Hugh. Um, 
Are you guys staying in like a hotel? Um, do you want Steel Two back? Say, do we have well, I was I was about to ask about Steel Two. I was yeah, gonna say you would have it back, back at this point. Like Steel yeah. would openly give it to you and great. Yeah. Okay. Um, I definitely modded up that it has like a century or something. <laughs> cool. Crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I cast but... <laughs> some crazy just like arcane locks. Gotcha. And yep. Alarm and all that good yep. stuff. Gotcha. There's a turret on it now. Um, That's what I mean. <laughs> it's just kite with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have the gun? <laughs> no, elementary. Please. Keep studying the raid, uh, the alphabet. Okay. I'll teach you later. Oh, thank you so much. Um, you <laughs> you wake up. <laughs> you wake up. Having not even thought about this, because you often don't think about it, there's just a very unassuming little slice of cake with like a, probably a single candle in it, and it just says "Happy Birthday, Hugh" on it from your two friends in the bus. I'm going to say this is before Roman returns, and just a little reminder of oh yeah. I'm I'm 18 today. I um <clears throat> forgot about that. Um I get up. Um it's kind of a one room situation. Yeah, it's in this a little bus. small. Yeah. A long bus. Are you guys yeah. in the bus and up and awake or I'm, did you go out? I, or? I bet you woke up before me. I I feel like I'm kind of cashed. I like helped Kurt get the slice of cake and I was like I'm beat. And then I like fell back into my bed. Uh, I think I'm just kind of I'm sitting at the front of the bus, like the driver's seat, because that's where I'm used to sitting um, when I'm not like in like the bed thing. So I'm just kind of chilling there, um, just kind of flipping through my book. Gotcha. Um, I walk up to the front of the bus, um, up to Kurt, um, hold my hand out for a fist bump. Fist bump back and say happy birthday, dude. Thanks. Um. I actually forgot. Um, is there just the one slice? No, there was one slice cut out of a piece yeah, of cake, no, like no, ready no, no. for you. There's like a I cake. I was asking Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I yes, described Tanner. it. <laughs> uh, no, the, the rest of it's right here. And I point like is like on like the dashboard. There's the rest of it with a, a few other candles. Um, so, and I have like, um, like a firebolt spell, uh, and light them all for you. Um, I don't really want to, you know, eat this alone. You want to cut yourself a slice and yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, 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 uh, I'll cut wait, one breakfast cake. <laughs> <laughs> breakfast cake. Ah, oh, happy birthday, Hugh. Thanks. Good morning, Oliver. Did you get some, you get some rest. Oh, nope. Um, that's what this cake will hit the spot. I'm sure. Um, I love cake. Okay, Lamentary, you can have yeah, one I, piece I, of cake. Yes. I get Lamentary like a large piece because he deserves it. <laughs> I, I, um, that's fine. Um, I then, leave the bus and go and sit on the roof. I join. Um, up there. Cool. <laughs> kite with the gun. With a gun. <laughs> um, I kind of like, like kind of jab Hugh in the elbow or with my elbow. Let me like anyone else you want to share this cake with. We still got plenty. No. Um, well, have you guys heard from Roman? No, um, I checked in with the walkie-talkie. I don't know if he heard it, but oh. um, we'll save him a slice. Yeah, we we know where he's at. That's okay. We um, put some plastic foil over a slice and put it in the built-in mini fridge that yeah. Oliver made. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. I I guess I just hope he's okay. He will be. He'll bounce back. He's tough. You know, I um I always used to think about my 18th birthday. Um when I was younger, I mean. I just used to to try and imagine um where I'd be or what I'd be doing. Um you know, graduating high school and going to I guess uh whatever Ivy League school I was, you know, supposed to, and I don't know. I, um, I didn't really ever think I'd be here sitting on top of a bus in Nashville, Tennessee, um, the day after, um, an insurrection of a magical council of arch beings. Um, shocking. Uh, you didn't I, plan I, that one I out. I couldn't predict that. No. Hey, man. I mean, sometimes life comes at you fast and you kind of just adapt. I mean, look at my leg. Shit happens. Yeah. But, um, it's hard. I just, you know, I just want to say I, I don't think that, um, I could have, could have been able to, to go through all this alone, um, without you guys. And, I don't think I would be here without you guys either. And in spite of everything, um, all the, the craziness, um, the loss, the fear, um, I wouldn't have had it any other way. And I um, take the first bite of my cake so everybody else can start, because <laughs> that's tradition. <laughs> what kind of cake is it, Kurt? Can it be olive oil? Oh, absolutely can. Oliver oil cake. Oliver oil cake. I'm at H. <laughs> <laughs> Progress. Hey, man. Yeah, good, um, good job, Lamentary. B's still um, my favorite. Important to mention, olive oil cake is Hugh's favorite cake. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I, I, that's, that's why we got it. We knew. Yeah. Okay. We so, found like a bakery out like outside of the immediate city area so that it wasn't like affected by the mm-hmm. insurrection stuff. You all as a fractured incomplete and yet in the strangest ways whole family share some cake together. I think I might even add the detail that maybe someone like tapes the walkie-talkie talk button down, sets it next to you guys while you share cake, and Roman can choose whether or not to listen. You move on with your day and start to help up with the the cleanup downtown. I'll join you in that. There's a lot of people helping. Um, There's a lot of... um, um, different crews of people. A lot of work is getting done by a lot of hands. Um, Cast Bigby's hand. I'm going to say you you do uh, see Rowanna Hugh. Um, uh, she hugs you uh, and and says that she. I can't I can't stay for long. I, I wish I could stay behind and help, but I I need to get back to my council and we need to start coming up with a game plan of. What's to come when we reconvene? Yeah, no, it's fine. I I understand. Um, I'm I'm glad you were here. Thanks for everything that you've done. Um, 
I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you too. Um, stay safe. Check in every once in a while, okay? I will. Um, you too. I don't... I think after this, I, I wonder if any of our chapters or regions are safe. Um, I just don't really know what to expect anymore. Um, well, with Hiram in custody and Knox gone, I feel at least a little bit of space to breathe. Um, um, hey, actually, um, about that, can we have a quick aside? Yeah. And I kind of take her over just so it's just the two of us. What do you think is going to happen to Prince? I guess I'm just worried about, I don't know, you know, who could find a way to, to, I don't know, do some not so great things. Well, I guess I'm just paranoid. I don't know. I'm kind of a, no, I am. So I don't know. I think, uh, if any time is a time where it's okay to be paranoid, I think it's now. I'm sure that they've increased their security and lookout with everything going on also. Um, I think um, that's their duty and their order. And at least for me, I'm I'm hoping that we can trust them to keep him safe and in the right hands. Well, we definitely have our own duties and orders. Um, I just hope you um, make it back safely uh, Aratus is helping me get home so. good okay um i i have something to give you okay um i pull out a really small little succulent um and i hand it to Rowana. um if you ever need me for any reason um let me know and i'll be there i will take great care of this thanks um it's really easy um you don't really need to do too much i mean it does okay and like like you know it doesn't need a lot of light you don't need water it super often it's really really low maintenance <laughs> um i don't know you, you can name it if you want and that's she, weird. she puts Only a I hand that. she puts a hand um, on your shoulder and she just says you know they say if you like I, read to your plants it's good for them <laughs> but you don't I guess you don't have to do that i walk by and say hugh you're not supposed to give gifts on your birthday you're supposed to receive them is it your birthday? Yeah. Um, I mean, I... Happy birthday. Thanks. I don't... Why didn't you tell me? I just don't really make... You're an asshole. At... <laughs> you're an asshole for wow. not telling me it's your birthday. Rude. Uh, no, you're rude. <laughs> you're rude. Uh, you're rude. You're rude. You're rude. I will take very good care of this plant. Happy birthday. Thanks. Stay safe. You too. Uh, she walks away. Bigby's hand gives you a thumb. <laughs> 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 I give Bigby's hand a thumbs up. <laughs> yes. <Nice. laughs> and um, then I go back to cleaning up the destroyed city. Yes, the destroyed city. Roman, I'm going to say your few days of solitude come to an end. I'm going to say it's after this long day of helping clean up the city. Um, all your friends are back at the bus. How do you approach? think this far ahead i'm just banging a hammer on the top of it outside (laughs) (laughs) so you want to join my crew um i walk up up to you well i think rhodes probably actually descends in front of me and lands next to oliver on top of the bus working on the bus 
I oh, hey Rhodes. Rhodes starts pecking at whatever you were banging at. Cool. <laughs> Put one hand on your shoulder. Lucky in the eyes. We saved you some cake. What? Oh, shit. Happy birthday, buddy. You're 18 now. Thanks, man. Did you do what you should have done when you turned 18? Um, I mean, did, I I sat pensively on the top of the the, the bus and, and perfect, okay, yeah. <laughs> like every eighteen year old should. Um, we all you on, only turn on eighteen back, once, man. man. You only turn eighteen once, man. We'll um we'll get you some cake. I'm glad you're okay. You, you got to sit in the full weight of adulthood, as if this wasn't enough. Yeah. Sorry, it's so loud. <laughs> gush, gush. I'll stop now. Oh, hey, Roman's here. <laughs> Roman, Roman, I have the gun. Look. Lamentry. No. Oh, all of her. Take the sword, you too. You cannot leave the gun with Lamentry. I hold out the executioner's blade to Lamentry. <laughs> guys, all of guys, you. guys, it doesn't fire unless it's in. Well, wait, no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what fires in no. the air? That's uh, why he was hammering on the bus, because he shot through the ceiling. Honestly, I, I blame... patch that up, dude. I just blame myself. I should have been supervising. I take the gun back and put it in my Can you, fanny pack. Do you have, like, a gun safe, maybe, or something? Yeah, it's right here. Okay. I point at my fanny pack. As this is happening, I'm showing him how uh, the sword works. Elementary, hey, stay out of the bag. Okay, Sorry. I was just there. I know how to use it. He brought, he brought the gun out hole. with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just, okay. Whatever file cabinet in the bag you keep the gun, let's keep it locked. <laughs> and then he would just find the keys. <laughs> keys starts with B. Uh, <laughs> it all does, buddy. It all does. Good job. Uh, that Why day, is this our funniest episode? That day comes to an end. Um, and I'm going to say the next day, uh, you guys all have uh, a conversation with Aratus. I think he comes to meet you at, at the bus. Um, knocks on the door. You guys let him in. Who wants to start with questions or thoughts, things that you want to bring forth to Aratus? Um, I can. Aratus, thank you for meeting with us. Of course. Um, you are, as we've learned, the foremost expert in everything we don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know everything, but... I know. Um, I do have to ask, do you know about this thing? Um, do you know what the Necroverse is? Um, let's roll this d20 in front of the table. That is a 14... Plus a decent amount, I know. Mm. I think I've heard this term in passing, but I couldn't tell you where. It, it sounds familiar. Um, what, what are you referring I to? I show him the passage of the book um, and say, I think that's linked to whatever dreams Roman's been having. Uh, they started... One, have I been having dreams since the since... insurrection? No. Cool. That's yeah, important information. One. Yeah. Uh, yes, you. I've been meaning to talk to you. Uh, you mentioned that if I started seeing things, that I should mention something. See something, say something. Uh, they started happening the day you said that. Well, that's unfortunate timing. Um, and the dreams pointed to a little boy 
haunted by demons of the Necroverse. And that boy was Hiram. Hmm. And it could see me in whatever time jump dimension hop I was seeing this in. Who could see you? The boy. Uh, when it looked in the mirror, it saw me and I saw it. And we very clearly saw one another. That is bizarre. It sounds like you Roman fr- from your from your pull of the dungeon card it sounded like what you described in that moment was you experiencing your life in another happening a yes. different timeline of our universe this is very interesting because For you to see these visions, I feel like there's this bizarre amalgamation of magic working together to bring you into these spaces, if that makes sense. Your title of the arch shield enhances your ability to protect. Sensing threats is an ability that you possess. I wouldn't be surprised if your accidental tapping into the multiverse and this other happening gave you the ability to sense a threat from beyond our own timeline. I don't understand why this boy is recognizing you in these visions, but it would make sense to me that you're seeing a different happening than our own. So, the dreams of Hiram aren't this timeline? I'm not sure, but if, if, you, if you opened up a link into jumping from one happening to another from your card pull, it would only make sense that that is what is continuing to happen, to me at least. But this Necroverse thing, I'm not familiar with it. I don't know what that is. But I think the innate part of you that is the arch shield recognizes it as a threat. Or whether or not it is our happening or another one, I think the, I think it's significant that you are recognizing it as a threat. Huh. Could the Necroverse be, like, a different plane? As far as I'm aware, this universe doesn't have any other planes. From what you're describing as best you can to me, the Necroverse sounds like another universe. I'm no expert, and multiversal travel is an impossibility, at least for us here in this universe. Maybe. Well, for now, Roman might be breaking the rules a little bit um, beyond his own understanding. There's two ways to think about multiversal travel. I'm going to make a very silly metaphor here. Think about our universe as a delicious, juicy cheeseburger. I, I, mean, I often do. There's, 
There's Cause you're his cheeseburger. His cheeseburger. I can't believe we got to a Veggie Tales reference on this show. Wow! Shout, shout out Phil Vischer. True. Oh my God, Philly V. Uh, he drove me home one time. <laughs> that man gave me a ride home. It was very kind of him. That is very kind of him. Um, you uh, imagine our universe as a big juicy cheeseburger. There's different layers and ingredients to it, but it's all one burger. Each universe has layers and layers on top of each other of different timelines, almost extending vertically each way infinitely. So more like a lasagna. Sure. Whatever layered food you want to think of. We are one of the infinite happenings within this universe. The second way to think about the multiverse separate from all of our happenings within this universe, our cheeseburger next to it, but not touching and not connected. Let's say there's a BLT sandwich, totally different universe, nothing to do with ours, but within that universe, there is its own infinite set of timelines and happenings. Next to that, there's a bagel sandwich. Next to that, there's some other kind of sandwich. Infinite sandwiches in universes stretching outward. (laughs) I was was struggling. I was like, how many fucking sandwiches can I come up with? (laughs) Call Anthony. Come on. Um, Can I call Anthony? No. Um, I pick up my phone. He doesn't remember you. You doesn't don't know his number. And also his old phone would have his number. Okay. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, yes. Did he have a walkie-talkie? He doesn't. Here from Nashville to Hawaii. Anyways, <laughs> so Radis was explaining multiversal theory. There's many different universes <laughs> that are different than our own, and each of those universes has their own happenings. Maybe those universes have different planes within them as well. As far as I know, our universe doesn't. That's the big picture description of the multiverse and how to think about things. And it seems like Roman has found a way to view some other happening besides our own. I have a question then for the DM. Okay. I also have a question for you. What happens if I use the spell contact other plane? You can try it and see what happens. Yeah, it's a ritual spell. I try it. Um, you find you no language? contact with anything. Sad. Um, yeah, I, I was curious about you mentioning there being no other planes. So does that sort of moot point anything like like I have like plane shift and was curious about that. Like, are there really no other planes? As far as you guys casting spells that have to do with other planes and things like that, there are I'll say Aratus can give you a little information on this. There might be demi planes, smaller pocket dimensions that you and your magic can create mm. with exa- a good example would be Oliver casting rope trick from last campaign. True. But grander planes um grander planes and other like realms of existence within this universe and also within this happening don't seem to exist in this universe that makes the necroverse so much more ominous my thinking is that the necroverse from what you're describing is not a different happening of our universe it sounds like a different universe entirely how did it make contact with roman 
I have no idea. I mean, from what it seems like, if you're describing different universes as different sandwiches, it's like the scraps left over of all those other sandwiches. Which means there's got to be something from our universe that can connect us to the Necroverse. Something is adding those scraps to our sandwich. Hmm. This was weirdly the perfect metaphor. Yeah. I also want, would love your help, both here and as we return, um, to set up teleportation circles, um, if there are not ones. Absolutely. Great. I Uh, I have some that I can make you aware of and help you to use, for sure. Okay, great. Yeah, if there are some here, that would be awesome. Um, And if we could, as I know we're all eventually headed back to our own chapters we will be headed back to spokane hopefully soon as well i can i can um, help you set some up thank you yeah uh i had two questions i had erratus were i personally can't believe that this is not our Hiram. i don't know why i would be seeing all of this if it wasn't relevant if this power is connected to Hiram, what does that mean for us and My- about him my thinking is there's a reason that you're recognizing it as a threat and that your magic is warning you about this. If you found out that this boy is Hiram, I would say that that makes sense to me that something would be going on if this is a different happening with the Hiram and our happening as well. A lot of times the way that multiverse the multiverse works specifically in regards to different timelines and different happenings is there is the theory of the original happening technically there are infinite timelines but in theory it has to start somewhere with each branching multiverse coming from a different moment that could go one of two ways or one of multiple ways and a fixed point and a fixed point And why travel between different happenings is impossible is because you need to know the science of it. You need to know where you're starting from to know where you're going. It is impossible for us to map where we are in our happening in the grand scheme of the infinite happenings of our universe. If we were to identify the original happening, that might make things like multiversal travel between timelines possible, maybe. But since no one can identify it, and likely the timeline, the original happening itself is unaware of the fact that it is the original happening, this seems like an impossibility. What if Hiram being introduced to the Necroverse is one of those fixed points? Could we test going there? Again, you would have to know where you would have to know where our happening is in the ever expanding tree, where that happening is in the ever expanding tree. And to know that you would have to know where the original happening is. Yeah. But it's like, you're talking about traveling, not just like time, but like different realities entirely. That's that's exactly what we're referencing. How does somebody even do that? Sounds we don't like know. They haven't. Yes, we. You have. You would have to know the original happening and be able to map out your route. 
I think the Necroverse plays a bigger part in this than we think. And If it is a different universe, there is powers at play beyond anything that universally speaking has ever been seen before. But I really think that it's... If it is as this book described and through your truly brilliant metaphor, it's got to have some connection to this happening. And that could be the way in or out. I'm hoping nothing comes out of it to us, but if it does, I think that's where... At this point, I just wouldn't even be surprised. My, My month is prep work for that exact circumstance. That's a lot of information to process. It's a lot of hefty, weighty, wooey-woo type things. Yeah, for sure. Um, To come from a completely different direction with something, I guess, a little bit more grounded. Um, I remember from the beginning, you were an advocate for bringing order in, you know, some sort of, you know, organizing of the magic forces brought back to Evergreen when we restored the geode. Um, Aratus, I I think I want to do that. Um, but I don't know how. Um, what do I do? How do I even start? Well, how about those of you who are spending this month um, a little bit of time at home? I will come up to Spokane, meet with you, oversee some things, and just kind of give my guidance. I don't want to step on your toes no. or, or guide your leadership beyond in a way that I'm overstepping my bounds, yeah, but I would, yeah, yeah. I would love to help um, with the nitty gritty. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, didn't, I didn't say anything, um, but it's kind of been on my heart the past few days. Um, I'm I'm gonna go back to Spokane, um, just for a little while. I, I'm not I'm not gonna you know abandon you guys, but I um I want to go back. I, I want to see Lila, and I want to I want to help. Um, I I want to I want to take responsibility for us restoring the geode, and you know if if magic chose us, um. I think I think it's up to us then to to be the ones I guess you know in charge of it. I agree. I'll come back. It was my intentions too. I want to be the representative that I know I can, and yeah. be the representatives I know we can be, if that's what we choose to do. And I'm going to choose to do that. So, Oliver we'll Roman, give you a are, ring. are you are you guys okay if Kurt and I go back to, to go back to Spokane? Absolutely fine, dude. I kind of, kind of figured you guys would be going back. We'll keep tabs on each other. I, yeah, I, that's um, that's my only my only caveat here is is we need to stay in communication. I yeah, need to know I'll, you guys are safe. Yeah, I, we're fine. I I definitely I got some research to do. I think I got a plan. So, but I'm gonna stay here because I think this is where I need to be right now. Yeah. Let me know how I can help with that research. Steel, Oliver, and I've got some investigating to do yeah definitely oliver uh, did you have any questions for Aratus? no actually i've just been listening this whole time okay. and have been like scratching in a notebook i haven't said a word on okay. purpose okay yeah uh i had just one last question and it's funny because now i'm gonna end us on a cautionary tale no i've got one more after you so don't oh worry. perfect uh Aratus, you seem to know 
at least a decent about a decent bit about those cards. You suspected something was up with me after the dungeon card. That vizier card, the the it gave us it would give us an answer on anything. Mm-hmm. I, you, I assume he Raratus would have heard. Yes, that we didn't find it. And I go, what? How dangerous is it that that vizier card got lost and probably used? It depends on what was asked by who. If you're saying that Knox got it off of you, my thinking would be that either Knox or Hiram asked something. Truthfully, it probably would be better if Knox were the one to ask it, but I worry that that isn't the case. Yeah, I just... I... the information from that card could have been literally anything and it's supremely dangerous, couldn't it? Yeah. Even about an extra dimensional thing. Likely. My final question for um, Aratus is um, we still have an extra couple slices of cake if you'd like when it was Hugh's birthday the other day. <gasps> Happy birthday. Thank, thanks. Uh, yeah. I love cake. I yeah, would love slice. cake. Oh, uh, I'm Animal okay. <laughs> have you ever had it? No, I just, get, it's, you're, come on, just dude. Give it okay, all right, all right. I'm kind do of a picky it for, eater. Do it I'm kind of a picky eater. I can tell. I'll roll that with advantage. <laughs> it's an olive oil game. Persuasion? Yeah. Are we rolling persuasion? Yeah. Roll persuasion? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, go ahead. That's a two. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Nine. Nineteen. <laughs> It's his birthday. It's his birthday. birthday. Yeah. This is good as shit. It's good. It's. It, I oh, yeah. can't lie. It's good ish. He loves it. It's good. <laughs> it's good. I didn't say good ish. It's good as shit. Um, yeah. I hand him a business card from the business that I bought this from. <laughs> I, I know he likes it. Will keep this. Uh, he like does like <laughs> hand magic and like makes it disappear. Shit. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I don't like magicians. I didn't mean to Roman, scare you. All bad. Roman. <laughs> Shit. I've been casting magic for weeks Not now. like that. That wasn't real magic. That was a simple trick of the... He, Look, he makes hey, the card it's, come it's back. A, it's a, it's, <laughs> hey, Aratus, stop. It's sorry. kind of a sore subject. Sorry, sorry. I will gently put it away in my pocket. I will visit Spokane soon. Just give me a There are ring. way too many heights and magic in this, this campaign for me. enormous, terrifying <laughs> portal opens up behind him, and he steps through See, it. See, that's okay. See, that's normal. <laughs> that I expect. It's, Swear to God, you pull a rabbit just, out of a hat, we're going to have a problem. It truly <laughs> is just sleight of hand that makes Roman <laughs> there. <laughs> endless handkerchiefs. We don't, yeah. we don't want any of that. No, no, Holy no, no wands that squirt water. water. Yeah, yeah, you no, saw no, a woman no. in half. I don't God, think I've funny. been more proud. That was Okay. Um, we've already spent, we've already spent a lot of time on the first couple days here. I think the rest of this session for the, for the short amount of time that we have, we're going to kind of zoom our way through the rest of this month. Um, big, big things that we want to focus on. I'm going to have us spend, um, some time in Spokane for anyone who wants to opt into that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have uh, uh, spend some time in Nashville for anyone who wants to opt into that and any other kind of big ticket things that you guys really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt, one thing that's maybe a little outside of, of uh, these things. Uh, did you want to explore any avenues with your book? Oh, there's so many. 
So if I give Verge Frank's book for a month, he can like purify. That is it. what he said. I would not be able to cast any magic within the month. Do you want to have a conversation with Verge? I would love to have okay. a conversation with Verge. Then yes, I would also. Oliver would also like just the the like blurb on the Necroverse, like written on another page that he can hold on to. Right. I kind of write everything yeah. that like I previously knew from the book and everything that Aratus said and kind of just jot it down for you. Great. Roman also wants this. I fold it. Oh, we make, I make a photocopy. I, I take make, a photo. I we make uh, copies. It's a, it's a group. Right. We all go to FedEx. Um, I put it in I a Google Drive. paper and put it in my pocket. <laughs> I'm going to say you stop by Verge's place. Yeah. Hey, how, are, are you you're doing Okay. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to be leaving soon. There's a, quite a handful of things I'd like to get done in yeah. this month. I know you mentioned you might be able to help me with this, and I hold up Frank's book. I can I can sure try. Um, how do you feel about letting go of your magic for a little bit? I think... Oh, that's going to be tough. Um, but I really think... There are other ways for me to get around, and most importantly, it's gonna it's gonna leave me time to spend time with my book and hopefully get it to trust me again. Um, I really want that. I don't want this thing fighting against me. It's the one that chose me, and if I can do anything to repair a relationship, I'll, I will do that. And I want these books to exist in harmony because I think knowledge cumulatively can bring things together and that's what I'm hoping with these books I think that's a beautiful sentiment I will put my heart and soul into this and I hope that that will be enough thank you um anything else with Verge nothing else with Verge right now um I'm gonna say you use Frank's book one last time to cast a teleport spell for yourself Mm -hmm. and anybody else going to Spokane for the time being without Kurt having magic. I have a transport via plants. Okay, gotcha. So um, before I leave, I make a big point to touch every plan I see. Gotcha. I, I, I have a network all yeah. over Nashville. Gotcha. Um, is anybody going with Kurt to Spokane outside of Hugh going on his own? Oliver's staying in Nashville. Okay, gotcha. And we have a whole month, so there can be some crossover moments if need be. Um, I, I definitely check in on you guys. Um, you leave Verge with your book and you return to Spokane oh, with I'm your an, book in I'm tow. A, just, I'm a, just a Kirtland boy. And yeah, you have no magic. Kurt, you're, you've been working out. You're looking, you're looking kind of buff. I'm not buff, Kurt. Um, yeah, you, you, I, I mean, I it's, I think it's look- just been not eating as much recently because there's so much going on and, sure. you know. I rode a horse. Oh, I'm just, I'm just gassing you up. Oh, you know? Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, before we jump over we to our taking the month to become Buff Kurt, <laughs> I was about to you say, can. what if we did like a training montage? <laughs> Roman one hundred percent would train you. Uh, if there wasn't so many more things I want to do, that would be great to bring. What are you my... talking about? Just like an hour in the morning? <laughs> yeah, Roman's training uh, every single morning. Uh, if uh, if Kurt does some sit-ups, can. can he have uh, no longer minus one strength? Here's what we're gonna do. We're here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna have you roll. Um. You have a minus one strength. I do have a minus one. I would like to get to it just a flat 10. Here's so here's what zero. I will say. Here's what I will say. 
if you're doing it for the whole month just to get like a flat zero, I want you to make three strength checks. Let me give the boy advantage. I was an athlete. Absolutely. DC nine on each of them. If you get, you have advantage on all three rolls. All right. Don't get this. It's astronomically bad stats wise. Oh, buff Kurt's coming. Okay. First roll. Come on, Kurt. It's only a 20 pound weight. Uh, so with my minus one strength, that's a 15. Okay, one pass. Squat deeper, squat deeper. With my second one with a minus one, that is also a 15. Okay. <sighs> this might be the most pivotal moment of the podcast. Right here, <laughs> <laughs> right, here right now. That's how you fucking do a kettlebell minus swing. Minus one, that's a 13, baby. Hey! You buff Kurt's back. <laughs> Buffish Kurt is back. We get you uh, like a 135 bench. You may update your strength score and Kurt, which is impressive. Kind of buff by the end of the month. Does that do anything for you? Um, um, it increases my strength saving throws to plus zero. Okay, that's good. Um, plus, I had a plus one strength from our session zero from uh our dodgeball yes and so now on strength checks i have a plus one nice very good <laughs> very impressive and high level play his self-esteem is just a little bit higher <laughs> that's good he feels um, good about himself he gives you the uh, very classic football uh, butt spank on your last day of training and he hates it nashville guys <laughs> What are our focuses? Um, I'm going to start with Oliver. What are your focuses here for your time in Nashville? I'm going to say big picture things um, just as we're coming kind of close-ish to the end of this episode. I am dropping everything with the tomatoes at this current moment, at least for this month. I want to spend every waking hour of every waking day creating a portal to the Necroverse using several different things, if you'll let me. I kind of want to run back to the Deck of Many Things thing and how I pulled the Flames card. I can't help but hear Roman's dreams and the description from Kirtland's book and see the card Flames with a devil on it and think Necroverse. I want to harness the knowledge of that card that I pulled I want to like really dive into the the blurb in Kirtland's book. I want I kind of want to talk to Hiram in prison and I want to over the course of this month like essentially ritual cast fabricate and greater analyze object to essentially build something that could at least maybe just connect this universe with the Necroverse and also with hearing what Arata said. Essentially trying to build some weird dimensional bridge with like over the course of 30 days just casting and casting and casting and like non-stop just effort. That's absolutely fucking bonkers. <laughs> and baller. Scholar. I'm going to key into a specific moment there that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. What do you say to Hiram? When I go talk to him? When you go talk to him. (sighs) 
This is the hard part. Hello, Clarice. He's <laughs> literally yeah, thinking, thinking the same thing. Yes. <laughs> glass door, or, or yeah, glass and wall. And a nice key ante. Clarice, <laughs> what are you doing movies? here? Um, I mean, I want to be up front and be like, well, so with Erratus' description, it could be like, I, I believe this Hiram to be the Hiram that Roman has been seeing. And I essentially want to recount everything Roman has said in grave detail um, to like, be like, we know about this experience. We saw, like Roman saw it in his dreams and they only got like heightened right after the deck pull. And then I want and I just want more information on the Necroverse, truly, um, from him. And I also reference the Flames card that I pulled that night. And if it has any connection of any sort. I'm going to ask you to make some kind of persuasion or intimidation based check. Um... And then I'm going to ask you to pick another skill that's, this is not this skill, but maybe some of the skills that fall under the broader umbrella term of perceptive investigative type skill Okay. as well. So I'll say either investigation perception or um, another one akin to those that you would like to try. But choose either intimidation or persuasion, and then choose some other kind of investigative type skill to use after that. Okay. Um, do persuasion? you still have your uh, six inspirations? I yes, you do. do. You absolutely do. And um, in theory, you can flash a genius. This um, I can, and I was I'm going to say also over the course of this month because it would be broken if I were to allow you to just. <laughs> get a bunch of them no oh no i'm um, not yeah uh, that's uh i will give you a couple extra maybe like a couple by the end of like it 30. yeah but not like yeah, 30 yeah. yeah totally understand no give him 30 <laughs> we'll say i use them throughout the course to like yeah carry absolutely. out my plan 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. yeah um cool uh intimidation and persuasion neither are great for oliver so roll with advantage oh that's a good start wow i rolled the same thing twice two 17s turn into a 16 Okay. And then we're going to... With Flash of Genius. Oh, with Flash of Genius. So that's a 22, actually. Gotcha. Um, and I'm flashing Genius again for this next investigation roll, and I'm going to roll with advantage, because why not? Goodness. Um, that's still... 23. Okay. 22, 23. <sighs> You're throwing a lot of information at Hiram. I am. I love the overload tactic. His reaction to you is very sticking his nose in the air, and he does not respond to you. Okay. He's awake and looking at you, but he is very much just letting you talk. What was the skill that you chose to to roll after? Investigation. Investigation. You can tell... As much as when you get to a point that you realize this guy is not going to fucking talk to you. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it was a, a shot in the dark for sure. You I didn't start, feel like would want to. You start just trying to get whatever you can from throwing this info at him and, and trying to get something out of him. And the main thing that you get is that he is building information. Mm. But that also sounds like he's comprehending what you're saying. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I feel like I came here knowing that mm-hmm. he knew what I'm talking about, but maybe he's trying to go back or something. I don't know. I think he's uh, trying to bring it here. Oh, or, sorry, or, or bring it here. Yeah, I mean, that's also... He is processing what you are telling him in a way that seems like he is garnering information, but you aren't sure to what extent that means. Maybe okay. he didn't know, and you're giving him new information that's somehow useful to him. I mean, that's a possibility. Um, okay. I mean, could the dream stuff with, like, little child Hiram, could that be from, like, a different reality? I mean, and that th- was... This, the, this well, Hiram, I mean, that was like, that was all what Aratus was saying. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Uh, it's just... This Hiram mm-hmm. here might not have had those experiences. Right. But I I went under the assumption that it was him. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was thinking. Um, and still am thinking, sort of. Um, I'm going to say that's what you get out of that interaction. And sure. I'm going to take you to the end of your month here with uh, this. Uh, I also will say before I get to this, I'm going to say more important thing. Um, did you want to work with, or, or are you abandoning the tomato thing entirely? Kind of to I, focus on I, this? in order to like put all of my time and effort into this, Great. I am ignoring that for now. We can return to the whole Creech tomato king tomato yeah. situation. I'm going to say you don't know what's going on with Dr. Oxhart. Um, I'm going to say uh, the whole that whole situation, at least for you, is on pause and in the back of your mind. Yeah, I'm not thinking about it. I, I, with all that's been happening in the last couple of days, I feel like it's low on my priority list. So here's what I want. Yeah. I want you to make three tinkering checks and roll all of them with advantage. Cool. And just tell, let's, and let's see what these three are. That's my, um, I add profession, uh, proficiency bonus. And as, and I also add, some other thing, right? It's it's your uh, Just uh, intelligence, intelligence right? yeah. Yeah, okay, great. So I'm adding plus 11 already, and I am going to flash of genius these rolls. So we're looking at... What What am I remembering that you have double your proficiency in with th- something? Is it tinkering? I, yeah, it, tools, tools you're proficient with. Tools I'm proficient with, I have double mm-hmm. proficiency, so mm-hmm. I actually add 10 yes, instead that's, of... Yes, you're correct. Wow, okay, so I'm adding 16 already, and then I add 6... With the flash of genius. So whatever you roll, you add 22. Whatever I roll, I two. add 22. Sure. Two. Roll a nat 20. <laughs> Do and it. You're rolling so. three of them all with advantage. Okay. With so a ton of inspiration. Long as you have so many inspirations. Three. Yeah, but I'm already rolling with advantage, so I couldn't burn inspiration on that, could I? Um, inspiration would be re-rolling a roll, so if you're not happy with your advantage roll, you could burn an inspiration to roll a third time, but you have to keep that I was going to say, I was going to say, you have to take the last roll. Okay. Um, cool. I'm going to do the first one here. That is a 20... Oh, I have advantage. Wow. Um, that's 40 for the first one. Um... Oh my gosh. Next one... 
is 29. And lastly, 35. 40, 29, and 35. Bingo. (laughs) It's like 104 (laughs) to make some sort of portal or communicator with the Necroverse. What does it look like? Um, It's large. I want to say I went kind of towards the outskirts of the city every day to do this. And like Roman sees me like every day to like grab food from the bus and then like immediately leave. Um, And do I have any idea what you're doing? I mean, no. I think I think I just like tell him that I need some time alone after how crazy this month has been or week. Um, I get that. Yeah. So I kind of just go back and forth from there. Um, And I'm just kind of like gathering all this like scrap metal from places, wood. And I make this like horrific like pad on the ground. That's like a circle that's about like 20 feet in diameter and uh like a piece like kind of hangs over it like a desk lamp and it has a huge bulb in it and that bulb it, it like sh- when i turn this thing on if i try to turn it on it shines down on the person when you're standing on the pad and that hopefully brings you in connection with the necroverse and i also incorporate the note of Kurt's book into the machinery as well as well I don't have the flames card do I Um, did it fade away or I know I think it just turned gray I'm gonna say you have it if you want to have kept it I totally place it within the circuitry of this uh, portal device and then um, I think that's all the info I have that I can any physical remnants of the necroverse that I can put in this machine at the end of your month Mm mm-hmm with all of your talents poured into this machine. (laughs) You turn it on. It begins to work. There's a couple different aspects to your machine that you begin to understand in terms of its workings. Mm -hmm. In regards to travel between happenings. You kind of test Aratus's theory and find it to be true. You kind of need a map to know where you're going and to open up totally. doors. You don't have a way of locating yourself within the grand scheme of the the, of the multiverse and the different happenings. Mm-hmm. So you don't open up any sort of portal to connect yourself to other happenings. I'm also going to say you don't actually find any connection to the necroverse either. Okay. Even, even less even less successful than you trying to connect yourself to other happenings. But like, what about any any other place? But you feel like you have created a functional machine to traverse different happenings within your universe. You just need the coordinates of your starting point to be able to traverse. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's almost like you have the first working multiverse traversal machine in existence. You just are missing the one ingredient. That's my arch tech. In addition, 
as you kind of start flipping through different channels of different happenings that you are trying to connect to, but can't form any solid connection because of that missing piece, mm-hmm. you are staring at the flames card. You will flick to a different happening and its color will return. And as you stand on the pad in this, as you're kind of flipping through the channels, you will feel pain. Mm. And then the card will go gray. You flip to another channel. The card becomes its normal color again. You feel pain, distant but powerful. For sure. Card goes gray again every time. I'm furiously flipping. Sometimes you flip and the card's already gray and you feel death, whatever that may mean to you. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, on this day that I'm like having it functional, I feel like I spend most of my time flipping through these channels trying to figure out a connection. You feel like what you have here mm-hmm. is some example of some connection to every single other happening. And you are watching this card interact between both your happening and other timelines within this universe as it is losing and regaining its color. So it's like uh, I'm flipping through other timelines and those certain timelines are similar to ours where I may have pulled the flames card with your 40. Yeah. I'm going to tell you your pulling of the flames card affected you in every single iteration of every timeline in this universe start to finish. There is not one timeline of yourself that you pulling the flames card did not reach. So that's an absolute point in time is me pulling the flames card. And that's a coordinate in a happening it is not necessarily a coordinate because you don't know which happening to for you to locate your coordinates in terms of the multiverse sure you would kind of need to know where the original happening is you don't have a way of knowing your place in reference to that but what's i think what's scarier to you is when this card is interacting with every other multiverse you are actively feeling yourself die And the more channels you flip through, the less Oliver Hoffs that there are in the multiverse. That's bad for my team and me. I'm going to close on what Oliver is doing here. Roman, what are your, what, what is your big moment here for the rest of this month? I don't think there are big moments after that. Um, everything is now small potatoes. Yeah, between my Necroverse John and Oliver's Tony Starking of the entire fucking campaign. I was just about to say, we're literally just the Avengers now. Uh, dear audience, 
uh, Nathan is standing in the kitchen with his face in his hands. He made it all the way to the kitchen. I was going to say, we already established how far <laughs> away how the far kitchen, the kitchen is. is. Um, in our bathroom so break. Far. Subscribe to our Patreon if you want to know how far away the kitchen is. Not a mid-roll. Uh, <laughs> Roman spends... <laughs> <laughs> Just put a paywall on where the kitchen is. <laughs> anyway. We're a good podcast. Patreon Go content ahead, will post where we are in relation with a picture <laughs> of, the, of the kitchen. Oh my god. Roman, go ahead. Okay, so Roman is doing basically three things the whole month. And that is, one, obviously he's basically working with Steel, I think, to investigate Hiram, the church, and he wants to search church elders' homes. He wants to search the church, uh, Hiram, he wants to stand guard over Hiram at night. Like he's not going a day without seeing Hiram and standing guard over him. Gotcha. And he's just spending that whole month working with steel, ripping apart the city as best he can to find evidence against Hiram, uh, find more evidence if he can on the Necroverse or like Hiram's connection to it, Hiram's connection to the Vizier card, basically just spending the whole month basically searching for evidence on Hiram. And then the other two things he's kind of doing is he's meeting with citizens to sort of liaison and work with the local natural population to get, to keep touch base, to keep with them and touch base on their views on this whole situation, to almost kind of play politician and like try to show people like, no, like fuck this guy. Like this is what was going on and like being a politician in that way. Uh, he, the other two things he's doing is he is training every single day with any arch being, whoever he wants to, uh, just to get stronger, to learn how to work with and against the people around him, just so he can prepare for anything. And he also works on repairing his relationship with, uh, Robert, the Armada. Okay. I'm going to that last. If he can, he's like, if he's, if there's a magic library, Roman is studying as much as you can about how to build and structure a society. So a lot of economics and political law. Gotcha. And also if there's anything on dimension travel and all that, uh, he does read a book on uh, structuring an economy around Bitcoin. Uh, (laughs) I I do need every, I use the walkie talkie. I need every single arch being to uh, enter a PVP with me to try to get that book away from me. (laughs) I will come back and as buff Kurt, try and wrestle it out of his hands. Um, I'm going to montage you a little bit. I was expecting that. (laughs) you actually gather some pretty substantial evidence against Hiram. Hey, that's pretty records that indicate that he was purchasing the black tomatoes, um, that he was the one allocating church funds to be doing so. Um, uh, you find correspondence, uh, uh, written correspondence and people willing to testify within the church that, that, he was purposefully trying to impart this anger into the public to make um, his constituents more readily available to be kind of manipulated. Um, I think you also see the ex- uh, the extent, kind of the aftermath of this, is that while the black tomatoes have been gotten rid of fully, um, and a lot of work being done in that regard from Creech and actually the Tomato King from what you overhear, that the public's response to this and specifically Hiram's supporters 
they were egged on by the introduction of the black tomatoes and and kind of this push for violence and aggression but their views have not changed and a lot of what is happening is is you can link Hiram to pushing those people to become violent and to become more ingrained in their beliefs, um, in their faith and his version of their faith as well. And a lot of their responses now are doubling down. I also do posit to the public that, uh, Hiram may not actually worship the crew. No, I don't say it that way though, but I do like kind of ask, no, Roman's smart enough not to do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want to know, does he find any information on, like, did Hiram pay for, directly involved anything with the Gaos spell on Willowa? I also search Oxheart's. I also search Oxheart's lab. Um, uh, if I can. I'm going to say just more records linking okay, Hiram and the church, all that. Okay. Um, that was all Nox, the Gaos spell. That okay. was all Nox. Um Makes sense. And all that information is out as well, um, which also doesn't look good for Hiram and his relationship over the years either. But Hiram supporters kind of are doubling down. They're going, yes, they were egged on to that point, but you can tell that Hiram has kind of just shifted the tone and, and the belief structure of these supporters who may not without the black tomatoes have obviously taken part or supported the insurrection. But now that they have, he has disrupted the social climate of the country. I want to know who is currently running the church. Um, Like, I mean, in theory it would fall to verge, but a lot of those people don't like him. uh, The church is in absolute disarray. Most people are calling for uh, verge to step down. Um, uh, uh, Church is also not taking place as the Ryman is being rebuilt. Um, (laughs) Verge is not in the public eye. Kurt, as far as you can imagine, he's just at home. Probably. I just wanted to know if like someone else had tried to step up or like they were meeting elsewhere. No verge has not stepped up to take the mantle at all. And the church isn't even in a place where it can be returned to. And most, the majority of the public are against verge and, and are expecting Hiram to not only come back as a official council member, but also as the leader of the church and for you guys to all go to jail. That is most of what those supporters are hoping for and I'm eagerly, home, Daddy. eagerly awaiting a lot of a lot of narratives about you guys stealing the election by convincing Willowa to vote and a lot of people saying that that was illegal even though it, it <laughs> wasn't uh, lots of news people and 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 personalities calling speculating for you guys to on be. the person who actually gets to vote if they actually get to vote yes yeah Roman so, also posits to the public this was an election <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> the um insurrection just further radicalized his followers. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stupid yes. is as stupid does. But there is now evidence that he pushed them and not only did he push them, he mm-hmm. unwillingly pushed them with the black tomato. Yeah, yes. he drugged his people. The, yes. His his using that situation, you get evidence of that. I'm going to say that, um, why don't you go ahead and roll me persuasion with advantage for, for Robert Musos. It's an 11. 
I don't know sports. Is there any sort of like you know how in baseball when they let somebody like I, toss the first I pitch assume, or whatever? Robert, does there is he... a uh, toy. Uh, I always say toin toss when I mean coin toss, coin toss yeah. at the beginning of football games, uh, yeah. typically ceremonial. I think you and Robert have kind of a man to man. I also make it very clear to him, like I assume he would run like a football program of some sort, yeah, probably for 100%. kids. I one hundred percent like if he's willing to have me volunteer. And like very genuinely, like I want to help out. I want to do better. I think with just an eleven, it, it not in a distant, not in a dis, uh, uh, not genuine way, um, but I think it definitely comes across more like PR work and that sort of thing. But it's good PR work, if that makes sense. It doesn't come across like you're trying to manipulate him or the public or anything. I, it's just you are you are kind of making these PR moves that are kind of strengthening bonds between the chapter of Evergreen and the chapter of Iris. Can yeah. you do an athletics check to see if uh, his football playing is so good they offer him a spot on the team? Um, uh, no. Roman doesn't do try that. out. They won't do that. They're um, scouting, dude. Bo uh, honestly probably helps you a lot with like uh, uh, more of the PR aspects mm-hmm. and talking oh, with people yeah. and things of that nature. Um, uh, you and I, Bo actually probably kind of team up a lot yeah. in that regard over the course of this month. I probably also talked to Slyco uh, regarding just like just getting his update on the Oxheart situation if he knows anything. I'm going to say you cannot get to Slyco. That's Slyco fine. is making moves behind the scene that you are not aware of. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and I think you just kind of prepare yourself to be a more knowledgeable arch being for when you return to Spokane, which is where we will return now. For our two boys in Spokane, I will start with you and we will end this session with Kurt. Cool. You guys return home. It's been maybe like a couple days since the insurrection, since you guys got home. So not a lot has happened in terms of uh, Lila and Arlo kind of setting anything up. Um, but there are like, they, they are trying to basically just create meetings and outreach for people who are discovering the magic world to come to people who are new magical beings to come to these. I'm going to say you guys kind of start just throwing powwows and stuff like, like just little meetings for people to show up to. I I do want to say on that front, I want to offer up the Davenport as kind of like our home base where our, us as arch beings can like, you know, I mean, not a lair, but like where kind of our headquarters is. Yeah, absolutely. Like conference halls would be in the Davenport. Absolutely. But also, can the Davenport 100% be Kurt's lair? <laughs> I actually have a spell that lets me uh, do lair actions. So maybe. That's cool. Uh, very cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. Headquarters in the Davenport for all things of that nature. You guys meet a couple new creatures. Uh, uh, a, a lot of new kind of crazy, mostly a, a lot of the people that you meet are new magic beings who are human beings, people. Some people kind of like Hugh are, are kind of so in touch with their magic. They kind of start to look like different fantasy esque creatures. Some grow little tusks. Some get long uh, elf like ears like Hugh did. Um, uh, others just remain human and kind of start to tap into their magical abilities. Kurt's D and D knowledge is coming out full hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, uh, uh, some people don't gain any magic whatsoever, but they start to see me on the haze. And a lot of the creatures that are coming forward um, are kind of getting rounded up actually by Blooms, who is kind of 
whereas Arlo and Lila are kind of reaching out to the community of people discovering magic, Blooms is reaching out to magic discovering the people, and that is where the two worlds are kind of coalescing. Yep. And you meet a lot of beings who are kind of big fans of you because Blooms is probably one of your biggest champions and supporters in terms of getting the word out there. You meet, obviously, more tree folk. The Davenport Beautiful Hotel yep. lobby is filled with trees. Um, oh, God, they're going to hate all the hardwood in there. There's so many chandeliers in here. Um, I'm glad that's what they're focused on. I'm hitting my head. Uh, <laughs> I uh, want to check in with Ed. Um, I give Ed, Kurt the email. Ed, I'm going to say uh, Ed's in a little fishbowl, just kind of like going around talking to people. Like he's very, on Turnbull. He's not the mayor. Yes, he's on Turnbull. He's not the mayor, but he's very mayor-like. I imagine Ed. this much. Um, yeah. Actually, I think there's this moment where you come back and and Blooms just says, Archdruid, it is so it is so nice to see you Blooms, here. You, you don't need... Blooms, it's so good to see you. It's I so good to see you so much. Hey, how's it going? Blooms, this is Lamentry. Lamentry, inside voices. Blooms kind of looks at oh. Lamentry and then like looks at you and then looks back at Lamentry and he says, Who the fuck is this? That's his son. No, it's That's not, his it's not what? like that. It's not like that. You're son i am awakened he's my dad (laughs) he actually just turned 18 the other day it was his birthday yeah i made you he gestures to this beautiful like handmade like carved gift out of wood or something that's just i don't even know what it would be it's just this beautiful like piece of art it's you riding on like a dolphin (laughs) (laughs) okay um for insight this crosses over a threshold to where like yes it was very thoughtful yes like that's very nice but like so wildly out of order. I'm trying so hard to not show how wildly uncomfortable (laughs) I am. Let Blooms make an insight check, Um, please. uh, Blooms is only looking at Lamentry (laughs) in in a jealous rage. (laughs) Oh my god. No. <laughs> this is the funniest episode we've had in a long time. <laughs> um, you have that awkward moment with Blooms and Lamentry. Blooms, who does not like Lamentry, and Lamentry was fully unaware of everything. Lamentry, um, Lamentry, stay, stay close. Don't, don't wander off. Okay. Yeah. Do not go where you're not allowed. <laughs> Blooms, it's, it's. It's good to see you. It's I good to see you. you too. How are you? I'm doing. I'm. I'm doing great. Um, uh, hey, we're I just, doing a lot of great work I for know, the for the. I know. Chapter. Blooms. I. I wanted. I wanted to say, that I really value you, and I really, really appreciate all the hard work you're putting in here. It's not going unnoticed. I thank you so much. That means a lot. You know, uh, I've always thought of you as your like, friend. Lamentry wandered away. Could you get him back here and say that again? Hey, Kurt, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I put Lamentry on my shoulders. This conversation as I do. continues. Um, yeah, uh, you guys meet some new magical creatures. Cool, yeah. um, you meet tree folk, more tree folk. You do meet pine coneians, these tiny little yes. like fairy adjacent pine cones yes. who are just like kind of waddling uh, around. I, I imagine they, when they fly, they spin. Ah, uh, yes, uh, uh, yes. That doesn't make sense for pine cones, but. Sure, they spend whatever's cuter. Play with them. (laughs) They're they're very cute. Um, You on the opposite side of of cute, um, you actually meet a decent amount of of these creatures that uh, you refer to as moss things. They are like ghillie suit like short, like three foot tall humanoids made fully of like swamp moss. 
um, and uh, they don't have mouths or facial features. The only thing they have are two really dimly lit uh, fireflies for for eyes, uh, glowing kind of in the center of their face. Let me ask you something. That's good. What is the most respectful way for me to engage with them? Um... You would not believe your eyes. <laughs> Jesus. Probably the most disrespectful way. <laughs> I'm just going to say out. you just kind of introduce yourself okay. to, to them and talk to them. Um, we can cast speak with plants. Um, they talk. Yeah. Oh, okay. They yeah. talk to you. They didn't have what I, do you I, I, Beasts, plants, I can communicate with all of them. Yeah. They, they talk, they're speaking like common, right. basically awesome. English. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, do they say anything to me or do I make the, should I? Um, I think a couple of them come and shake your hand and just go, it's nice to meet a druid. It's very nice to meet. Uh, you, you call them, um, moss things. Moss th- it's very nice to meet a moss. Th- is that, is that an okay thing to, that's, call? Oh, we love being called moss Great. things. Um, where, where do you, did you guys come from? Uh, a lot of like us come from, part of the- from swamps. Um, we just are, we're kind of ma- natural magic kind of forms okay. from the fireflies that land on our faces. Uh, in the Northwest fireflies don't actually glow. Funny enough, uh, female yeah, fireflies will course, glow the female firefly- when yeah, they, when no, they've yeah. landed, when they've landed somewhere, they'll glow to attract a male so that they can consume the male. Brilliant. And we just happen to be lucky enough moss that two female wow. fireflies land on our faces. Amazing. And we come to life. Um, it's so great to meet you. Very nice to meet your, you too. Your presence is, is really appreciated. Thanks my name for- is, my name is Frunk. Frank, it's so nice to meet you. Uh, I'm really, I'm really glad that you're here. This is great. Absolutely, we're happy to be a part of uh, this new magical community. I'm of course, so happy to hear that. Yeah, uh, the only other bit main creature that you see a lot of are mushroom, little mushroom okay. people um, running around of various sizes, teeny ones like pineconians, and then ones that are closer to like four or five feet Jeez, tall. I love um, that. Little mushroom people. You guys just have big town meetings and stuff and kind of start yep. introducing people to magic. Um, we give out the email that Roman set up so that people can like let us know about yeah, things and I not think always you, have to come to the meeting. I think you really push a message of of equality and camaraderie between non-magic and magical beings. Um, and you kind of have this beautiful start to what will be a great society. Do you guys tap into that 20,000 gold as Aratus kind of put forward in the council? Um, I think we call Aratus and yeah. let him know like, all right, great. We want to start this stuff. Where do we start? What would be the best use of our time and gold in the immediate? We um, got the rapport. What do we need for infrastructure? I Let's, think, uh, 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 economy is going to be the biggest thing. I, I I think we maybe try and throw a couple of events and and yeah. and some okay. vendors. Maybe invite some people when we feel comfortable. Invite some people from across the country. It'll to come. be like the World's Fair. Yeah, it, honestly, maybe maybe not next year, but maybe in two years or so, if you feel comfortable, I think it would be a great idea for yeah. you to host the council. Absolutely, we could we could talk about that. Um, I do have a question for you. Absolutely. Uh, the, the DM. Oh, okay. Um, Me. <laughs> yes. Something that um, I'm interested in personally is, are there any points of contention? Um, what are the challenges that non-magic or magic beings are facing? I think the main thing is infrastructure for sure of you guys are getting information out there, but there's not a lot for people to do about it. Okay. They know about the magical world. There's not really places to get and spend gold. 
um, and start to enter into that economy. Um, there's magic powers that people are getting used to. And I think it's kind of dangerous. I think there's some situations where things are dangerous. Okay, so education. Yes, yes. education. 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 Yes. Big, big, is big there priority. anyone in some sort of like non-magical power that has sight or sudden magic powers that we could talk with like already existing non-magic infrastructure? So like maybe the mayor, maybe just like some councils around some small. I'm going to say a couple local government people um, awesome. for sure. I um, would like to roll just like one mass insight check on them if that's yeah, sure. okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead with advantage. Um, good. Um, it's not great. Um, I've got a 17. You know more than anybody who is approaching you with questions. Sure. They I, are I, all I, looking to you for guidance. Okay, great, awesome. Um, and I think in your guys' character as just being transparent and honest and genuinely trying to help these people. That is what is leading. And I think you guys are honestly having a great start um, to the foundations of this. Then the thing for Erratus. Yes. Real quick. um, It seemed to me like one of the biggest issues facing the chapter of Iris is contention between non-magic and magic folk. How do we get ahead of this or, or can we even prevent it at all or I guess how do we how do we manage that I think some disagreements and some bigotry on either side of that issue specifically will always arise human beings are flawed I think it being a point of contention for you is inevitable And I think the best thing that you can do about it is lead by example. And when you do state your beliefs on that, back them up with your actions, back them up with your logic and your reasoning. And person by person, show that there is a different way to be. And I think in your honesty, that will be your greatest ally. Whereas Hiram and Knox gained power through deceiving others to the point that they still hold that power after the deceit has been brought to the surface. You can't deny that that is not power and powerful in its right. But I think fleeting when compared to a society built on genuine good intentions and care for people. Thanks for being one of the good ones. I do my best. Um, that's all anyone can do. Want to set with Aratus, like, hey, make the teleportation circle. I think that, like, in... He absolutely yeah, helps one you One of the rooms put in the Davenport, like... Multiple teleportation awesome, circles. I love that. Yeah. Um, that's good to know for something I'm going to do after I deal with my book. Um, but dealing with my book, I think I want to go into the forest and I want to go to the geode because we never got to see or experience the geode in its fullness. We always saw it as this small thing. And I just want to, you know, spend time reading my book, spend time trying to communicate with it. Just hang out like a like a friend and so I want to take it to the place that I know magic is most potent and 
learn about why this book doesn't trust me and how I can mend that relationship as well as, you know, doing so in the presence of the thing that the very thing that's giving us magic. You venture out into the woods. You have to drive there. You have to hike out into the forest. It's a good thing I'm buff, Kurt. That's actually the final step is him going on that hike is what increases <laughs> his strength. You find the geode. The size of a fucking like parts of it are now buried into the earth. It is so large. I love that. I you love that feel sick to your stomach yep. being in its presence. Mm-hmm. Um, Yet I persist. You sit with your book. I think I also make a point to take off the restraints that Verge and Oliver put on it so that there is nothing inhibiting my connection with this book in its most real and truest form. I don't want anything to dampen its power or the power it has against me. I just want to sit with this book. You remove all barriers between yourself and this disdain for you. And I think you fall into a state of meditation. You have a vision. You open your eyes and there are evergreens as far as the eye can see. You hold your hands up as enormous dice, D20s, D6s, D8s. You hold them in place very first moment that you innately used your magic in this vision to stop the world from falling to pieces and the sky itself from falling. You see your book floating in front of you. In this vision, the pages are glossy and I think you see a reflection of yourself think you become very aware of what you have stuck to from the beginning of your time in Nashville. Brutal honesty. You are exposed with this book. You feel your power holding all of these giant dice and structures above you beginning to wane as, as this book starts to give up on you. Do you say or do anything in this moment? 
I look at my reflection in the book. I look at my arms beginning to tremble as these dice begin to shake. And I try and push all the dice with one hand and I reach out for my book with my left hand. And I I, I cry out to it saying, I've hurt you. I'm sorry. You were such a big part of me. And I don't know how big of a part I am to you. But if I am going to continue to do the right thing and do the things that magic chose me to do, I need you. And with that, I let go of any control I have of the dice and I sprint to the book. The world for the briefest moment hangs in the balance and slips beyond anyone's grasp. Every bounding step that you take running towards this book, an image flashes through your head. You, by yourself in your house, putting together some meal with what little you had. You, as a young boy, of one of the few memories you have with your father. You reading that letter from your father apologizing for his actions, saying he hurt you. That he was sorry. You and your friends liberating your city and you letting go of the life that you knew because of what this book gave to you. As far as you know from what you've been told by Aratus. You are the sole archmage. As far as the eye can see, there is no knowledge that you will not be able to attain. And I think there is no card or magic that could ever undo the sheer might of your character that you have laid to bear time and time again before the world and believed in it and believed in the friends around you and left yourself vulnerable because of it but thankful for it every time. You catch the book and the book catches the dice. You may increase your intelligence score to 22. Oh my gosh. My man makes me almost cry because of a book and then lets me increase my scores. I'm going to gonna pass away. You and your book are whole again. As we wrap up this month, I'm going to say 
we're going to keep everybody kind of in their respective places in terms of this final night before we reconvene for the council. If it's possible, there was one last thing I wanted to do. Yes. Even though that really destroys such a great. No, what would you like? What would you like to do? Um, I wanted to visit every chapter. Oh, um, with a little bit of time that I have, this can be before I do this with my book. This can be just like using the teleportation circles that Aratus has told me about. I want to just go and introduce myself to each specific member. This of the makes council. sense as actually as a victory lap of receiving right. your magic. Back. Awesome. Um, well, the first thing I do is I contact all my friends and let them know that my book and I love each other again. <laughs> um, I throw and a little party with all the magical beings. I and... cast every spell. <laughs> all, sorry, you're, you're me, hold on, hold on, on. I cast every 286 spells that I know. Oh my God, you destroy the earth. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no. Uh, and yeah, I just, I clutch this book tighter than I ever have um, and celebrate with the people that matter most. First with Hugh because he's there, and then by calling you guys as a prank. Can I try to hide Kurt's book? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, um, I'm not even going to give you the chance. But as as that victory lap, kind of Kurt's idea is he wants to personally introduce, kind of put a face to a name, and kind of as the representative of the chapter of Iris, go to each of these locations, advocate for us, just introduce us in a friendly way, so I can be like, hey. I know that this chapter has been famously absent. We want to be anything but that. We are the chapter of Evergreen, and we are here to work together with you. I'm going to montage you a little bit, but you you. absolutely... We see Kurt um, arriving in Los Angeles uh, with the chapter of Serpentine. I'm going to say you talked to all of the chapter of Serpentine. Can we get the voices um, of every... Uh, nope, uh, no, you can't. That's why I'm montaging montage, you. Yeah. Uh, Aratus <laughs> introduces you to all of them. Angel Nunez, uh, Speedo Heracles. He's this huge fucking dude. Um, so fucking muscly. Uh, all he's wearing is a Speedo. Um, <clears throat> uh, name's fitting. Uh, Kinema, the Archfame. Um, you hop on over to the chapter of Monarch, and Roanne introduces you um, to uh, uh, Edifice. You meet the Bean, the Archmeny. Um, uh, you watched the bean kind of like glow and start shaking and like it almost like plops out this like gross metal liquid out from the bottom and the liquid kind of forms itself into a metal humanoid like a little metal humanoid is only about four feet tall uh and this weird duplicate it's edifice but also a duplicate of himself like shakes your hand uh as this tiny miniature he's very scary but very nice um uh, speaking of scary, Kerman has his book. He's not scared. Speaking anymore. of scary but nice, you go to Ohio. Yeah! You go to the chapter of Buckeye. Kurt is actually excited. Um, uh, you speak <laughs> with. Oh God, help me. Um, you kind of go crazy for a second because experiencing him in person is beyond the understanding of this reality. Wow. It's almost like words couldn't describe him on a podcast. Uh, (laughs) Um, he's also enormous. Like you go to a place and he's buried under the ground and you just see a giant eyeball. 
uh, staring up at you. Um, but everybody there, like these little demon creatures all, all come forward. Everything is so demonic, but they're just like, Hey, Kurt, welcome to Ohio. It's so oh, nice to have you here. Kurt just said so many great things about this place, and he was right about all of them. Yeah, absolutely. It's this dude with like a melting face. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and he's gorgeous. You go to New York City with a chapter of Garnett. Um, uh, you meet uh, Aisha Burroughs, the arch culture. Uh, 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 she absolutely is is uh, uh, welcoming you to the council with open Amazing. arms. Love that. And you just put a good face out for the entire rest of the council. I also get numbers of everyone. So uh, you get other. contact info for everybody. Um, for this last night. Are you guys staying together, both of our little groups? Um, um, yeah, I think we stay in the Davenport. Separate rooms, but yeah. No, I think we get the same room, but with uh, dual beds. What do you want? What do you want? He wants to talk to Rowan. I'm going to give him his own Probably separate room. rooms, just okay. in case I, you know. Lamentary needs his own bed. Yeah, Lamentary needs his own bed. Are you guys and, sleeping in you know, steel too, or? I might be out in that field still. Okay. I'm really thinking about everything okay okay so hugh and i's rooms are like next to they're, they're with, those, with the door yes between, the suite yeah, rooms were like totally. if we both opened the door we could see each other yep, yep. we have a secret uh like a secret <laughs> knock yeah <laughs> we do the 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 high five the oh secret hand the secret <laughs> handshake you guys fall asleep um on this last night roman it's been a month God damn it. Still no dreams. Not even tonight. Damn it. You have spent this month working on yourselves, working on the world around you, and preparing yourselves for whatever is to come next. There is, however, an old saying. We plan... And God laughs. Kirtland, Hugh, and Roman, I need you to make me a saving throw of whatever ability you feel you would lean into most in a moment of panic and total surprise. Strength. Hmm. Kurt. I got a 15 intelligence. That fails. Yep. Uh, saving throw, that's a plus 10, so that is a 22. You pass. 23 wisdom. You pass. I scared. <sighs> Oliver. Oh, hey. That is a 19 to hit you. That misses. <gasps> wow. That misses. You are asleep. You sense something. And I think your knowledge of what you've created has put you a bit on edge. Definitely a light sleeper right now. You hear the slightest whirring of machinery and your eyes open and you roll out of the way as giant blades push into the ground where you were sleeping. They pull back and as you try to gather yourself, you feel a hand 
backhand you with the force of a car. Ow. And you are sent flying backward through a portal. Oh, shit. And through another portal and through another. As your speed increases through each, you can feel yourself hurtling towards something until eventually you smack into the side of some rocky surface and feel yourself fall to the ground as you are thrown into a mountain. Did I see who slapped me? You didn't. You start to push yourself up and you realize what you're grasping onto to steady yourself. It's the evergreen geode. You're back in the space where you all killed Klahani. Your friends are all around you. Kirtland looks to be immobilized. Roman and Hugh are also pushing themselves up as if they were also just thrown into the rock by something. And across the space in this forest, a being steps through the portal. You all see a large troll-like being standing about 10 feet tall, hunched over and walking upon short metallic legs. Their entire form is robotic with pistons and gears whirring within rounded limbs. Over their body, a fancy dining table cloth is draped over them like a cloak and a fancy napkin is hanging loose from their neck like a handkerchief. Their metallic hands extend into fingers and the nails of those fingers stretch into long silverware shaped fingernails. Metal forks, knives, and spoons drag along the ground from their multi-jointed fingers, pristine and chrome. Their head is a tall rectangular shape with one single eye-shaped bulb at the front, but instead of an eye, real or digital, in the place of a pupil, in the round glass eye is a bright orange goldfish swimming around in a little pool of water. You can't tell if the being before you is a suit controlled by the fish or an android with a fish for an eye. Printed onto the side of its head is the word clinker dagger. This being has no mouth, but a voice rattles out from its form. Oliver Hoff, the original. So many of you have killed to fulfill my purpose. Now I'm nearly complete. A dozen missiles launch from Clinker Dagger's metallic body and explode into the forest around you and the fire spreads quickly and you're almost instantly surrounded on all sides. The shadow of Clinker Dagger reflects in your eyes along with, as far as the eye can see, flames. The meaning of the flames card becomes clear to you in this moment. A powerful devil becomes your enemy. The devil seeks your ruin and plagues your life, savoring your suffering before attempting to slay you. 
the enmity lasts until either you or the devil dies. That's where we'll end our session. I'm speechless. Oliver's speechless. I'm speechless. What the? Wait, so what were our Hell saving yeah. throws for? Thanks, everybody, so much Getting, for listening. I think oh. incap- incapacitated. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you are, please leave us a five-star review in your favorite listening platform. Share us with your friends and join the Discord to join the conversation with other fans and friends of the show. Does anybody want to shout anything out on our way out of here? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and shout out just, you know, in reference back to the whole rebuilding of Evergreen and all that. Shout out to Education. Um, yes. It is the enemy of bigotry. Knowledge. Um, the more educated we are, the the more connected we are, and the more conscious we are. So, mm-hmm. shout out to education. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Hugh. Happy birthday, Hugh. Happy birthday, Hugh. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday. Happy Hugh. birthday. Happy I realize birthday. you didn't see Steel. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe Steel didn't wish me happy He's very birthday. busy now. He's very busy. <laughs> um, you got a voice excuse. memo. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sure he would have called he you left for me sure. A voice I'm sure he would have yeah. called you. I'm, honestly, you probably would have seen him. Um, wow. Well, next week, um, that was like a month's worth of a session right there. It was like a month's worth of a session. Now like you're about four to fight separate months. <laughs> clinker dagger, oh which I'm sure gosh. you guys have a lot of questions about that. Uh, and maybe our bit. audience does as well as clinker dagger is a character that has appeared in some weird places in our story and on our yeah, podcast. Yeah, Shout out our friends at the dungeon boys. The dungeon boys have experienced clinker dagger in their little evergreen one shot they did. And, and you guys, Shout out to everyone who came to our live show. Live show, yes. You guys heard about Clinker Dagger there, or a different version of you guys heard about Clinker Dagger there. Oh, so he we didn't will kill see, the Oliver in that reality. We will see yeah. what happens next <laughs> week. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Goodbye. Off mic, I am making this canon right now. Mr. Buddy is a magic being in Evergreen that absolutely we are interacting with. Jay, you have no power to make that canon. Absolutely. Uh, vote to make it canon? So, not a vote. He's in Spyros. <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> oh! Fuck, I can't touch that. Okay, that's better.